This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to Betting Weekly Extra Time, European Edition, the first show of 2024, as we kick on with bigger, better, and ballsier plays. You're with myself, Dan Robert, while senior handicapper Steve Wiss is, as ever, alongside me. The challenge remains, but with a slightly different format. Back to defend his title is Italian football journalist and broadcaster Daniele Fisichella, the challenger, US handicapper RJ. Belated Happy New Year uh, to everyone and indeed all our viewers and listeners. Steve, we have up the stakes for the second half of the season with the European show. Well, Happy New Year to you, Dan, Daniele and, and RJ. <clears throat> and yes, we, we're changing up the format a little bit. We're going to get you more picks. Everyone's going to be having a double unit selection. Everyone's going to be doing the same game parlay. The hot dog is going to count towards the challenge picks and records. You'll be able to see the hot dog come up on the graphics on the screen now as well. So, yeah, you know, we're mixing things up. And let's get ready to rock and roll. Uh, RJ, early start for you. Thanks for coming on at uh, an ungodly hour stateside. While you were sleeping, um, uh, you don't quite know the chaos that you were causing yeah. in the WhatsApp group. It wasn't your <laughs> fault at all, uh, but we thought that you picked a Friday game, uh, but you didn't uh, because we're oh. trying to ban Friday games. We know we know that the uh, the show goes up on Friday, so we're trying to push games towards late Saturday and Sunday and Monday if we can. So. Uh, US uh, betters have got a little bit more time to digest our picks. But uh, RJ, you didn't know any of that. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, good to be back with you all. Happy New Year, as as you said. And uh, yeah, I woke up to about seven deleted messages <laughs> and then the laugh emoji. So I was like, I have no idea what happened. But yeah. let me let me dust the cobwebs off and get ready to uh, to get at it. So uh, yeah, it's good to be back with you all. And uh, looking forward to this uh, unique uh show now that we have with various different picks so uh, uh and daniele you call i mean look uh, you are you are a font of knowledge when it comes to italian football you know more than i will ever forget don't worry about it. you will f- forget more than i ever know let's get the phrase right uh but uh yeah you're a little bit snookered on the fixtures but how are you my friend you're right i'm all right thanks i mean i, I blame it maybe the blame the fact that you were after christmas but i thought that rj picked a friday game which was general you know but there is a reason behind it because the last four games of Genoa have been played on a Friday and they played six games in total on a Friday season. So I thought, yeah, Genoa Torino smells like a draw, smells like an under. It must be a Friday game, of course, because they want to sell the Italian league all across the world with such a big game, but actually the Saturday. <laughs> uh, we How have got to play. play on a Saturday suddenly now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, it is a little bit different this week, as we mentioned. Four plays counting for the challenge, including, as Steve suggested, a best bet two-unit pick. Uh, plus, we will be looking ahead uh, to the game that we think will have the most handle um, across Europe this week. And that's going to be the Milan-Roma clash in Serie A on Sunday. That's a 2.45 Eastern kickoff uh, on Sunday. We're going to start, though, with all of the boys' best plays. Um, and we're going to kick off with uh, Steve. If you've been playing Steve's picks over the course of the season, you will be in profit. It's Mets to lose that we're going to kick off with here. 9am 
on Sunday. Mets plus 210 to lose, plus 140. The draw plus 220. Over and under line is two and a half, plus 112 overs. Unders minus 137. Bit of a basement battle uh, here, uh, Steve. You sense that these two teams uh, maybe need to take the handbrake off if they are to retain their top flight status. How do you see it? Yeah, um, I'm starting the year with a bet in Mets against Toulouse. And I'm going over 2.25 goals. You can now back that at minus 113 on Bet Rivers. And I'm getting involved in a match which I believe is completely under the radar, or I thought that no one was even looking at this game. Although, hint, hint, RJ's got a different angle on it. So uh, maybe everyone will be looking at this game now after this show. But, um, I mean, if you look at... I've said all year, Mets' big problem is scoring goals, right? Well, they brought back their top scorer from last season, George... Mikutadze is has come back on loan from Ajax. They sold him for 16 million. He's on loan for the rest of the season, and they can they can buy him at the end of the year for 10 million if they want. And uh, he actually left at the start of September. He's still their second high scorer, which is a ridiculous statistic. Um, the 23 goals last year, eight assists. I think I actually think you know sometimes there's a magical button you press and and all your problems are fixed. I think he could fix all their problems up front. This guy is really good. Didn't work out for him at Ajax, but not much has worked out there this year. And I think Mets are going to be much more offensively better in the second half of the season. I'm going to be targeting overs in their games. And it's a good chance against Toulouse, who... I mean, I watched Toulouse in the Coupe de France last week, and they were conceding big chances to 50-a side Chambry. It was alarming how poor their defence was. Both teams are missing defenders or defensive-minded players to the African Cup of Nations. And uh, I, I really think they've both got to go for it, like you say, Dan. So um, the over stood out to me. It's more a field bet. It's not a stats bet. If you look at the stats and the metrics, there'll be a different sort of um, you know, outcome that some will look at. RJ may will be looking into that in a minute. But um, both sides now have got a really good striker each. Teal Dainga for um, Toulouse is someone that's reliable. So I think um, I think Mets can get back on the goals train at the start of... Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Mets win this game. They're not a bad underdog. Well, Mets are plus 210. Um, doesn't feature in the hot dog section. That'll come a little bit later. Steve's going over two and a quarter goals at minus... 113, did you say at the moment, Steve? So it's just, Minus 113 at the minute. Yeah, minus 113. One's minus 118. Uh, I usually let the defending champ go uh, in the... Uh, go first in the defend in the uh, the challenge, but as Steve has suggested, RJ is in direct competition uh, with Steve with his two unit play. Same market, other side uh, of the bet, a uh, bigger price. So come on, RJ, present the case for the defence, quite literally, because you're going unders. Yeah, and I think it begs the question: you know, have I been drinking? Because normally I don't <laughs> take unders, but the reality is I'm trying to do a dry January. Um, it didn't last after about a week. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at like a, like a damp January right now. But um, yeah, the reality is this is my one of my favorite plays of the weekend under 2.25 at minus 108. I normally don't um take unders, nor do I like to go against Steve here, but here we are. So Mets are in 14th position. Uh, they're struggling, having lost their last four matches. Uh, Toulouse, on the other hand, are in 16th. They're winless in their last 10 league games with their last victory coming three months ago against Mets. Uh, and they've only won two of their 17 matches this season. 
Uh, Steve talked about some of the the key players, which I which I won't really dive into. But both teams are struggling, as we talked about. There, they're near the bottom of the table. They're desperate to avoid points for regulation, right? So, when you look at a match like that, you know there there is, I, and I understand where Steve's coming from. There could be a possibility of you know a desperate times called desperate measures. So you just you bring the you bring the wolves and you try to attack and 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 get those points. So it could create for uh, an opportunity here for some goals, but. One of the one of the reasons outside of the stats here is the the conditions. What I was what I was looking at was around one degree C uh, for this match. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be just around freezing, which we talked about earlier in the in these shows that that could have an impact on the match, especially the first competitive match back for these teams outside of that uh, Coupe de France that Steve talked about. And you know when there's a, a fight to escape relegation. You know, the match could go both ways. But from a statistical perspective, you know, Mets are god-awful at home. They failed to score in 83% of their last six or seven home matches. They averaged 0.5 goals for, 0.8 against. And uh, now, neither side very rarely keep a clean sheet. But you look at the road side, Toulouse, they failed to score in three out of their last six matches, also averaging 0.5 goals for, but conceding just under two. So at 2.25... I feel like there's a good chance to get at least half stake uh, back and half win here. I could see two goals here, but truthfully, I had a hard time seeing over over two goals in this match. Interesting one. So complete difference of opinion with the two unit plays from both Steve and RJ to kick off the show. Uh, let's get Daniele, who is the defending champs uh, first play. This is a two unit play, of course, and it's Sunday, 6.30 Eastern. It's Lazio against Lecce. Uh, Lazio minus 167, Lecce plus 510, the draw plus 285 here. Uh, Daniele, emotionally fractious win, I guess, over Roma in the Coppa in midweek for Lazio. But because they won the game, I guess they're going to be full of confidence going into this one. They are full of confidence. They're looking to make four wins in a row in Serie A for the first time since last April. Now, this is far away from the idea of Sarri's Lazio. There have been Sarri's teams playing much better than this Lazio at the moment. Even last season, Lazio were better, but they got more harmony about them and they got a better fighting spirit. And I think slightly their numbers, especially defensive numbers, are improving. They don't score many goals. They've only scored more than two goals in one occasion this season when they beat Atalanta 3-2. But, you know, five clean sheets in the last 10 games. Zaccagni, Anderson looking a little bit more inspired. Zaccagni scoring the penalty against Roma without Immobile. But Castellanos not doing too badly. Provoked the penalty against Roma as well. Won a Dudine hard-fought win. Beat Frosinone uh, recently. And, you know, I think... Uh, they got enough about them to beat a struggling uh, Lecce side, who, by the way, only won one of the last 14 games. So they are in a downward trend. I know some people hate when I talk about expected goals, but if you look at expected goals, just to mention them again, Lecce will be penultimate in the, in the league. I think they are over achieving in terms of the goals they haven't conceded. And remember, in the reverse fixtures, they won 2-1. Lazio were far superior up until the 80 minutes. Then they hit the bar and Lecce won one which incidentally lost me the bet. So I'm not sour at all. That's why I'm going for Lazio. Asian Antigua minus one plus 112. If they win only by one goal margin, you get your money back. It could be a low-scoring win for Lazio, but nonetheless, a win against 
against the side, as I mentioned, Lecce also missing a couple of good players, Banda and Rafia, both in the Af Afcon. Sansone is injured. Uh, yes, I think I think the home win should be a strong pick here. Plus one twelve, minus one Lazio on the Asian handicap. It's the only two-unit play that's plus money. Danielli's come up with the goods again for us. Uh, talk about plus money plays. Uh, hot dogs on its way. This is a section, of course, that has been making money over the course of the season. Steve has contributed that by and large, but all of our handicappers, since we introduced it uh, for all of them to take a play and have contributed to the current number, um, we've got three plays again here. Steve, we're going to go to the Bundesliga first of all and Borussia Gladbach against Stuttgart. This is 11.30 Eastern on Sunday. Yeah, and talking of dogs, Dan, I'm loving that bit of artwork behind you, by the way, um, on the wall there. What's the, what's the story with that? It's, uh, uh, well, this, the, 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 that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a William Wegman um, a print uh, who my good lady could tell you more about, and she's the, she's the artist in the family. Now. I mean... <laughs> That's got to be a good sign for the hot dogs, right? With you, I suppose yeah, it is. Yeah. Head. Well, I've, relo I've relocated to the west wing of the of the property just to recall All the show right. today. <laughs> oh, he's got wings. Mixing it up, mixing it <laughs> up. Loving it, loving it. Uh, where, where were we? Yeah, yeah. I got to give a pick here for this hot dog, and I'm I'm back in Germany. The Bundesliga returns, and one of my good old favourite teams to back this year, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I'm going to take them straight on the nose. Plus two fifty to beat Stuttgart, and um, I've said all year Stuttgart that they've played some great football, but really, if you look at the squad, I think you've got to expect a regression in the second half of the season. But especially, they've got some squad problems here. Um, their main man, Saru Gerase, is on African Cup of Nations duty. Um, I think he's well worth backing in that competition. By the way, for top scorer, you can get forty to one on him. But um, they haven't actually picked up a point in the Bundesliga when he's not been on the field this year. Uh, he missed two games to injury. They got beaten in both those games, including a, uh, losing at Heidenheim. They've also got players at the Asian Cup. Hiroki Ito, I think, has been a really good defender for them this year, Japanese. And uh, one of the Korean attackers, who I'm not even going to pronounce, but we'll call him Yong. Um, terrible with, with Asian pronunciation, uh, Dan. But I, I can't believe... I'm not having this, Dan. Stuttgart are odds on, uh, odds on to win this game away from home. That's an absolute joke. Borussia Mönchengladbach are capable of beating anyone on the day. I've always said that. I think they must be one of the best teams in terms of money line overall because they, they're capable of be, beating, uh, you know, at big prices. I think um, in the second half of the season, especially this might become prominent. You don't, you never know what eleven they're going to have because they've always got a lot of injuries floating about. They've got about five or six on the questionable list. But it seems more favourable than than Stuttgart. I'm just I, I I'd be on them. I think even at a shorter price here, I think it's huge value. Stuttgart do not deserve to be odds on away from home in this game without Garassi, without two or three other players on international duty. So Borussia Mönchengladbach, I'm willing to take them straight on that nose. Plus two fifty for Gladbach to beat Stuttgart. Nine a.m. Sunday is our Italian pick from Danielli. Cagliari against uh, Bologna. Um, what's the play here, Danielli, for your hot dog, for your big price play? It's a big money play because it's a Cagliari win against fifth place Bologna. That place 
plus 195. Now, Cagliari are unbeaten in five home games, three wins, and obviously they are building their salvation credential based on home wins because their away, away form is awful. Uh, and, you know, uh, they got problems, both both teams. You know, Bologna got the problems that sometimes they look too good on the eyes, but they haven't got enough uh, cutting edge. Cagliari got the the opposite, they don't look half as good on the ice, but they don't really score many. They seem to mount late comebacks and win dramatic games uh, at home with scoring in the late minutes. But they're going to be without a few key uh, players. Cagliari missing Lapadula, Oristano, Luvumbu, scored six of the 17 goals so far. Bologna, on the other hand, missing the only top scorer they have, Zirkzi, seven goals. He's suspended. Now, Bologna, six away draws so far. is a team that likes to dominate possession, keeping the ball well, but they play a lot in front of the opposition defense. They don't have enough players going in behind the lines, and they don't have a clinical strikers. Look at the numbers of Bologna. They only scored 22 goals. Only Torino in the top 10 has scored less goals, and only seven players have scored so far. Zirkzee is not going to be there for this weekend. The numbers are really, really dangerous, I think, because you cannot build a team just based on clean sheet, 1-0, controlling the games. Eventually, if they want to finish in the top seven, they need to start scoring more goals. Last season, Steven Posh, the defender, scored six, known so far this year. Uh, Orsolini scored 11, only four goals so far this year, and no goals from the likes of Salem Macaire. Doi, Christensen, Froiler. These are all regular stars that should at least contribute. I think Bologna are a great surprise, a team that I love watching, but very, very difficult to bet for when they play away from home. That's why I like the Cagliari win plus 195. As I said, often at home, they show the best version of themselves and it's a, and it's a good way to back them considering, as I said, Bologna missing the top man, Zirkzee up front. Yeah, we've got a couple of money line picks from Stephen Daniele. Of course, you can read between the lines if you want to play on the Asian, you can do, but the boys are putting up some big picks here uh, for you to consider. And we've got another as well from RJ. And again, it's the Bundesliga, Saturday 9.30 as the German top flight uh, returns. We've talked about Union Berlin, um, RJ, on this show and indeed Champions League show uh, an awful lot. We've got them right a few times. We've got them wrong a few times. What's your play here there taking on Freiburg? Yeah, Freiburg. Uh, I like Freiburg at home. Minus one, plus 205. Big number. Um, you know, Freiburg has shown mixed results in their recent performances, uh, winning four and, and losing two in their last six. Uh, most notably, they won 5-2 in a friendly against Eintracht Frankfurt. Take that as you will. Uh, they're currently in eighth place in the Bundesliga. Um, you know, I, I think since Union made their coaching change, they've shown some pretty good improvements, right? I think we, no one will argue that. But on the road, they've been they've been dreadful. Um, they have even in their last match against Bochum, they lost three nil. Bochum sitting right outside relegation zone near Union. However, uh, Bochum has been pretty good at home. I think they won their last four matches. Um, so something to be said there. But this match looks similar to me, in my opinion. Freiburg will be without Nicholas Hoffler due to suspension. Additionally, Ritsu Duan uh, will be absent due to the Asian Cup. Uh, he plays with, with his native country, Japan. Uh, they also have some injuries, sidelining some long-term players. Daniel Kyron, Christian Ginter, Kenneth Schmidt, Max Rosenfelder, Phoenix Leinhardt. You know, list goes on, right? There's, there's quite a bit of injuries with them. However, due to the fact that 
you know, their home form has been tremendous. They've averaged two goals. I wouldn't say tremendous. They've been pretty good. <laughs> they averaged two goals, four at home, uh, allowing just one. They've kept a clean sheet in 40% uh, of their last six matches. Um, Union on the road averaged 0 0.4 goals, four. Right, they have a hard time finding the net. They failed to score in four out of the last five matches. They averaged just under three goals, so they conceded around two point eight eight two goals. So, bottom line is Union's dreadful on the road. I expect Freiburg to at least win here. So I think there's a good potential for um, return stake. Yeah, they could win by one, and we'll we'll get our money back. But honestly, uh, I have a hard time not seeing Freiburg come out with a victory here. Yeah, I like the place. I like the minus one for the home teams. They've just got to win the game and you're not going to lose. And obviously, if they win by two or more, you'll get that big play from RJ at plus 205. We've got some single unit plays to get through next from all of our handicappers this week. So we'll rattle through these. We've got a big match preview to come uh, as well. Plus the same game parlay that we're also going to list from all of our handicappers a little bit later on in the show. Let's get the second pick from Steve next. We go back to the Bundesliga, Mainz against Wolfsburg, Mainz plus 123, Wolfsburg plus 220, draw plus 245. But with Mainz, Steve, as we know, it's all about the unders. Uh, this is tried, tested. This is a, a cashing machine from your good self. Well, I'm sorry. It's a bit of a boring pick now, isn't it? This There's nothing hard... boring about winning money, ever. <laughs> well said. I mean, you, you, you hardly have to be... Mystic Meg to predict that I was going to produce a mines under um, bet, and I look. This is a train I'm just going to have to keep riding, Dan, until it comes off the rails. Um, I've not even got any notes for this game because I've said it so often that uh, ever since we just clip up the changed. previous show. And well, the yeah, one yeah, I know I can. Yeah, um, obviously they caught me out initially when they they changed the manager, but ever since then I've been on the unders train with with with, with mines. Jan Sievert has brought in a style which is, has made them more defensively solid. But the problem with Mainz is no one can no one can score goals, and they haven't gone into the transfer market yet, so nothing's changed. They I, they've got to bring in a striker, um, you know, and this is a big problem for Mainz. And until that that happens, until they change their personnel, I'm not going to trust them to hit the back of the net. Now Wolfsburg uh, are a team I don't often get involved in. I think they're actually really hard to predict this year any version of them is capable and they do have more tendencies for overs but um you know their last away game they, they only beat Darmstadt 1-0 um there was a 1-0 before that as well so I, I just think the style of Mainz will not promote an open game and um you know under two and a half goals can be back to at minus 107 which is a big price on a team that has games that contain so few goals I mean these matches are going well under you know it's not just like one all draws there's nil nils in there there's one nils and i will keep keep on this train until until i say it's i fall off dan so mine's against wolfsburg under two and a half goals simple as that bundesliga has been an overs league this season only three teams if you've been playing level stakes have shown a profit for unders Mainz naturally is one of them what are the other two throw open to everybody the other two Cone. sides in the bundesliga it's got to be cone but Colney's one of with, them. Be careful with Colm, by the way. They've changed their manager. Okay. So those, everyone knows I've been liking mm. Colm unders. I quite like their overs now, actually. And it, I'm thinking the third team, Dan, yeah. could be 
Um, someone's phone's going off. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's my missus's phone, and she's oh, not right. picked it up. Sorry. Right, a little I'll background, guess, a little like Jeopardy guess. music. Pick it up. Right. Uh, well, I don't know where the is phone it? is. But I'm in her office, basically, so it's on her computer <laughs> as well. Yeah, it's sorry right. about that. Oh. What about yeah, Dortmund? I don't know where she is. Dortmund huh? for the third team? To brush Dortmund? Which one? Dortmund. Correct. Hey. Ding, ding, ding. And the good, phone good stopped. Knowledge. And the phone automatically stopped. Yeah, this is it. Exactly. So you can't phone a friend. Can't, can't be any better on timing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, which surprised me, Dortmund. I, I just, you just naturally think if you played overs, you'd make your money. But uh, anyway, mm. uh, we'll move on from the quiz. Uh, let's get Daniele's second play here. Juventus Sassuolo, which is Tuesday for us. Uh, 2.45. Juventus minus 2.50. Sassuolo plus 6.50. Um, Tuesday night in Turin, Daniele. Uh, you've been copper action ahead um, of this game, but obviously their focus is is on the Scudetto. I mean, just very quickly on that. I mean, do, do they believe, do you sense that they believe they can chase down into their plus 275 for the title? Massively, they can believe because they're only two points behind and, you know, credit to them for keeping the league alive. And also, because of a strange fixture combination now Inter having to play in the Super Cup, so missing a game, they might arrive on the 4th of February at the San Siro, one or two points ahead of Inter, which will change the complexion massively because then after 15 days, the Champions League restarts. Juventus, of course, are not playing in Europe. So anything can change. Is up for grabs, really. Is much tighter than what the odds suggest. Okay, Sassuolo are going to visit uh, Turin for this one. Uh, this is an interesting play because I didn't think you were going to go uh, for, for a play like this. Um, this is a bit uncomfortable, as Will White, our good friend, would suggest. Come on, Danielli, what is it? Because, I mean, the last defeat of Juventus came in September against Sassuolo. They, they lost 4-2. It was shambolic, and we thought the limits of Juventus have emerged again. Lack of press, lack of coordinated press, lack of focus in defence. Since then, no more defeats, and... Allegri has erected the wall on the ruins of the defeat at Sassuolo, and they won six games, one nil, three games in stoppage time. As I mentioned, they're two points behind Inter, so they've shown the rock-solid, granitic mentality that has carried them through in a you know, in a fight for a title that probably few would have expected it. They've scored 15 goals less than Inter, Juventus, but, you know, ugly wins still count three points. But now enter the giant killers of Italy, the most unpredictable team of all, Sassuolo. Sassuolo have beaten Inter, Juventus, Fiorentina, who occupied the four four top four position in Serie A, still they are five points adrift from salvation. You wonder why, because they got an extremely leaky defense, only one clean sheet so far this season, one nil against Fiorentina last weekend, forget about the scoreline, Fiorentina missed a penalty, Consigli made four saves that are amazing, but also they got goal scorers. Berardi, nine goals, Pinamonti, seven goals, they scored more goals than Blaovic, um, Chiesa and Rabio together, which are Juventus' three top scorers. So definitely can score goals. Their temper, their reckless approach to games sometimes unsettles the top teams in Italy that try and attack them. And yes, still, they concede a lot of goals. I can't imagine them going to Turin and win 1-0. They won three games out of the last six against Juventus, so they're a little bit of the nemesis. Let's make it absolutely clear. I think Juventus is going to win this game. I think they're going to win 2-1 or 3-1, probably another hard fourth win. But, you know, do not discard Sassuolo scoring first 
and do not discard my pick, which is both team to score minus 109. 68% of Sassuolo games have been both team to score. I know Juventus are the master of 1-0, but you know, against Sassuolo, anything can happen. Yeah, got to punch his chance to score, that's for sure. And minus 109, just a shade shy of even money for both teams to score, yes, in Juventus against Sassuolo. We're going to stay in uh, Italy for Genoa-Torino, which is a Saturday 8am uh, clash, yeah. which we uh, established. It took us about four hours to do that for RJ's <laughs> second pick. Um, it's almost each or two in terms of the money line. Torino slight favourites. The over and under line is uh, just one and a half when you look at the Bet River site at the moment. So we're expecting... Um, a low-scoring uh, game, it would appear here. 12th versus 10th. Uh, both have been profitable under two and a half, but under two and a half is pretty short. And we've uh, managed to squeeze a little bit more juice out of this one, RJ, with the Asian goal line. Talk us through your play. Yeah, the match that caused quite a bit of controversy this morning. Um, <laughs> you would not believe it. <laughs> we, were, we were phoning the Italian FA to find out. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I don't understand uh, why they yeah. move it from Friday to Saturday. Because people in Jenoa are so used to go to the match on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, nice Friday night, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, Danielle, you got it wrong. You, this is it. You, you've got to let it go, mate. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, so we're looking at Genoa versus Torino. Um, I like under two at minus 110. Um, they play at Luigi Ferrari Stadium, which, uh, Daniel, they, do they manufacture Ferraris in Genoa? Or, uh, no, in no, 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 no. no. Ferrari is the surname. All right. Slightly well, different. Anyways, thought we had a little something going there, but I guess not. Um, yeah, so Genoa is, uh, is in the middle of the table after a four-match unbeaten run, three draws and a, and a loss. They recently drew one win against Bologna. Torino, on the other hand, are in 10th place. Uh, they're known for their, well, let's face it, not much of an attacking style, progressive type gameplay. They scored three against Napoli. They, yeah, which Daniele beat me to it. Long, I think it's a good going for. for... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So they had a three 0 win against Napoli. Yeah. So they got the the wheels churning, so to speak, <laughs> yes. and um, maybe we'll keep that going. But I tend to think otherwise. So Genoa and Torino, um, about mid mid table, right? Predictions. Uh, I think. I think both teams are content to avoid avoid defeat here, right? They'll, they'll be content to come out with at least a point. Uh, Genoa has had some recent transfer activity with um, Radu Dragunsen uh, leaving to go to uh, Tottenham. Yep. And then Torino, I, I guess their only notable injury right now that I can see is Pierre Schurz, who he's been out for a long time. And I don't exactly. think he's necessarily a massive uh, loss at this point. They are where they are. So... This is um this is a match to secure valuable points in my opinion. Looking at the stats quickly, Genoa 0.83 goals for 0.6 against. So just around 1.5 goals average at home over the last 5 matches. Torino 0.33 goals for, so just 2 goals scored and 6 goals allowed in their last 5 away matches, uh which equates to 70 67% failed to score on the road. Both teams have uh, 33% clean sheet rate. Again, hard to see, hard to see goals here. Under two, minus 110. And quickly, speaking of controversy, I'm just looking hot off the press here. Uh, Bill Belichick and Patriots have parted ways after 24 seasons. And I know we're here to talk about the other football here. Well, the, the original football, arguably. The American football side. I mean, I, I know my day is going to consist of now, oh, Bill Belichick's going, what do we do? Who are we going to get? I don't, I'm not Adam Schefter. I'm not a football analyst, but I figured I'd mention that because 
that's pretty massive news uh, amongst the sports world. And uh, just like this play that had a lot of controversy, Bill Belichick <laughs> and the Patriots parting ways is going to have a why, lot of why, why, so. does man, why does Manny, yes. I'll yeah. tell you what's massive news. I, I'm actually – is this the real RJ? Like, or are you an imposter? It's two underbets on one else? show. <laughs> is this someone different? Is it a new year, New Year's resolutions, RJ? Year He's looking at the under market. Yeah. You know, I, 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 and the I worldwide play. trends are overs. Everything's overs at the moment. Oh, everything. Although not in Italy, to be fair. Not in Italy. Not in Italy. Yeah. 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 I don't know, Steve. To answer your question, I'm, I'm obviously an overs guy, but I felt, especially on this show, um, to to be more flexible and 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 just try to find opportunities. I've always shot against. I didn't even really look at unders, to be fair. So yeah, new me. We'll see what happens. You know, usually when I go unders. Things go the opposite, but uh feeling good about these these two unders here. Okay, under two, uh, <laughs> minus 110. That's January Torino, 8 a.m. Uh, Saturday. Uh, now, same game parlays in the UK. We call him bet builders. Same game parlays uh, in the States and elsewhere. It, it, very popular amongst the younger uh, bettors. Obviously, you're still going to be over a certain age, depending on which state you're in. But um, certainly new generation of players like these. I'm 52. I mean, I stick well clear of these. Um, but all you guys are, are, are much younger than me. But RJ Daniele, what are we saying about how old Steve is here? I'm going to put the line at, I don't know, 30, 30, 35. 30, over or under 35, Daniele, for, for Steve. Yeah, well, he's younger than me. Oh, sure. I think oh, over, over 35? No, no, under. Uh, under 35, under, RJ? Younger than have me. I, where have I, have I pitched this line too high? RJ. Steve, Steve you know you're my man, right? Um, I'm just going to go <laughs> over because I well, yeah, well, went under. I, you... <laughs> Steve, Steve, it's the only reason I got. I am. I. It's just over 36. Oh, I'm quite happy the way I pitched the line there at 35. <laughs> I must admit, I was gonna go a bit, I was gonna go low because he's got all his hair. But anyway, nice uh, anyway. I, like, I like some of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about hair. Well, uh, uh, same game parlays. We're gonna have to be quick, we're running out of time, so we need <laughs> these rattling through. We've got one from Steve, one from Danielle, one from RJ. Um, and rather neatly, we're talking goal scorers or a goal scorer or a shot on target is included in each of these. So, um, Steve, what's your same game parlay? In the French League, uh, Lille against Lorient and the same game parlay. It's Jonathan David to score any time and Lille to score over one and a half goals. I'm pretty sure Lille will score twice against this really poor Lorient defence which is missing its best defender, Talvi, to uh, Tunisia and the African nations. And I think Jonathan David, um, we talked about him on the show quite a lot this year as an underachiever. He has uh, an XG of nearly eight, but he's only scored five times. But I think he's in the shot window a bit in January. I think some teams are going to be looking at him because he still has a lot of pedigree. Now, last week, Lille beat a team called Golden Lion in the French Cup, 12-0. And he scored a hat-trick of goals and, he's, and he also supplied three assists. And I actually think it will get him going again. It kind of reminds me, reminded me of a, a cricket match I played in a couple of years ago. Where, I mean, I'm, I'm the captain. I played cricket in, in over in the UK. Some of you know that. And I'm the captain. And I, I got wind that the opposition were going to be experimenting with some young juniors. So I fancied myself to open the batting and, and score a few runs. And, you know, they were calling me a flat track bully and unfair. And I should have been giving other people a chance. But <laughs> I felt, 
bloody good after it, Dan. I'm not going to lie. And I, I think it's the same with Jonathan David. It does, gold, so who cares if it's Golden Lion? He's going to be, this week, he'll be full of confidence in training. He's scoring goals again. End of his career, no one's going to remember Golden Lion. So I think David is someone actually could restart his motor. Watch out for him in the second half of the season. He's going to score against Lorient, Dan, definitely. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores multiple goals against this horrific defence. So that looked a good same game parlay, parlay to me. David to score any time, plus Lille over one and a half goals. This it is was clearly, it was clearly David, not against Goliath in that case. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Definitely <laughs> not. Very good. I hope this. I hope this goes in this game because I'm on duty for this one for TNT Sports oh. in the UK. Oh, oh, oh! I've completely bucked that because it's bound to be nil-nil. Um, <laughs> uh, Monday, two forty-five. Daniele, uh, you've got one for us here. One of my favourite players, um, and I'm not quite sure why, but I commented on a few of his games when he was when he was playing in uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, this is Atalanta Frost. Uh, talk you your same game parlay. Atalanta to win and twin cup mainers over 0.5 shot on target. So at least one shot on target plus 114. Now Atalanta home very, very reliable. Nine wins to draw, two defeats. They normally get the job done against the lesser teams, Lecce, Lenitana, Genoa, Cagliari, and so on and so forth. Frosinone, highest percentage over 2.5 goals in Serie A. Someone believes they can just get saved by scoring three or four outscoring other teams. I don't think that's the road to salvation. They need to start letting goals in, but can actually do it. And why could Miners? Because his numbers are the numbers of a forward. Last season, he scored 10 goals, three goals in the last two games, scored twice in the Cup against Milan. He's on penalty duties and he's had 28 shots so far in Serie A. Third highest shooter from uh, Atalanta, who, by the way, are missing the top goal scorer, Ademola Lukman, and Skamaka might start on the bench. So automatically, Coop Miners becomes the main weapon. They play with a false nine with Miranchuk. So Miners is going to have a lot of chances to shot at least on goal if they got a penalty. He'll take it. I like it. I think Atalanta going to win against Frosinone. They are uh, reliable. It might be high-scoring games. And I like the Dutch midfielder to be on, at least have one shot on target, plus 114. Uh, yeah, got 15 in one season at RZ. He's always been on penalties. He's got a great record, uh, Miners. Uh, let's get RJ's uh, same game parlay. Um, this is uh, Amadeo against Girona. We go to Spain here and again. We're featuring a shot on target uh, plus uh, a win, a money line win. RJ, what's the uh, SGP, as I'm going to start calling it from you? I like that. Yeah, SGP. Yeah. So it's looking gonna at uh... It's going to catch on. Sure is. Um, Artem Dovbik, uh, the Ukrainian national uh, lead, who leads Girona. I like him to have a over 0 0.5, so one shot on target and a Girona win. Quite simply, Almeria, bottom dwellers of La Liga, just five points in 19 matches. Uh, their performance has obviously been underwhelming. They have a slew of injuries and members uh, that nobody may know that are in international duty. No offense to them. I just, for, for sake of time here, I'll just omit their names but and partly because i can't pronounce them to be fair almeria and, uh, i lived there you know i lived there one oh, year do you? i lived one year oh, yeah. in almeria, yes and that year they got promoted to the spanish top division manager was unai emery ah of course really bit of a fact with a bit of a fact i mean completely irrelevant yeah. to the betting but good knowledge no know, i like that i like that um that's what oh, we're here for so um <laughs> but yeah Girona, who obviously have been a surprise right i mean we, we've talked about them they continue to uh 
to overperform and 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 continue their their strong dominance. They're in second place, tied with 48 points with uh, Real Madrid right now. So they're looking to continue their um, challenge for the top of La Liga. Right? They're expected to uh, to win this game. I expect them to win this game, and. <clears throat> Both sides have different reasons, right? Almeria are desperate to get out of the relegation zone, although that looks like a, a tall feat for them at this point. But Girona will be too strong for them. Davic with with one shot on target and Girona win was uh, was was too good to to pass up at minus one thirteen. Like that one. That's uh, the Almeria Girona game in La Liga. Um, now we are running out of time, but we will get everyone's thoughts on the Milan Roma. I've done, a, I've done copious amount of notes for this. Not going to use hardly any of them. Uh, <laughs> Milan plus 125. Roma plus 225. The draw is plus 230 here. This is the big game in Italy. We think it'll take the most money in terms of a European game um, over the course of uh, this weekend. It is a key game, of course, when it comes to Serie A. A lot of pressure now building once again on Jose Mourinho after his uh, Coppa Italia uh, exit um, for Roma at the hands of uh, Lazio. And obviously, Daniele Milan were beaten as well by Atalanta. You referenced uh, the Coupe Minus spot kick in that game. I mean, you know, which team is going to suffer the most because of that cup defeat, do you think? He'll be hurting today. I think more Milan because they haven't won the Coppa Italia in the last 21 years. But equally, Roma haven't beat Lazio in the last four derbies. And the lack of big wins in games should be concerning for Mourinho. Last weekend, 1-1 against Atalanta. Only seven wins in the last 19 games against top oppositions in Italy. And often this goal, these games are low-scoring games. So really, really concerning for Mourinho. They turn the halfway through the season eight points less compared to last season. Milan, on the other hand, has got a fa- had, had a favourable fixtures in December, uh, won uh, six of the last uh, seven, but they played against uh, smaller teams and they are in a little bit of emergency, especially at the back. This is going to be a very difficult game, but nonetheless, the big absentee is in the Roma's camp. They're going to be without Dybala. They already missed 10 games this season without Dybala. They are really toothless. They don't have a lot of ammunition up front, so they could be risking another quite heavy downturn here. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on this one? Money line, Milan have been profitable this season. Have they been underestimated by the odds makers? Roma are losers. People tend to to back Jose Mourinho's side. What are your thoughts on this one? I, I actually thought Milan would be odds on here. I thought there'd be minus money on them to win on the money line. So if I if I was to take someone in this market, I, it would be on on the home team. Uh, or my or minus 0.25 on, on the Asian handicap. Um Mourinho's never beaten Pioli on the head-to-heads. They've only faced each other five, five times, though. But um, actually, my angle for the game is the cards, Dan. The cards is what I like here. Over five and a half. Uh, the, the history of... Huge history of cards in this fixture. Like, to an astronomical level. I mean, there was a, two of the last five have had 12 cards in them. I mean, <laughs> these two must really hate each other. It must get really intense. And um, they're plus 104 for over five and a half cards look good. And I think red card, yes. Plus yeah, 440. That's got to be worth a little nibble. I mean, there's been a red card in the la- There's been three red cards yeah. for Roma in the derby. A red card for Mourinho against Atalanta is not going to be on the bench against Milan. Milan have picked up five red cards so far this season in Serie A. No other team have picked more. So, yeah, it could be it could be a game with cards. It could be it could be a really tense game. Yeah. Uh, RJ, any thoughts on, on this one? Any over-unders play? Anything that you've looked at when it comes to the big game in Italy on Sunday? Not really, Dan. I mean, I... I 
you know, I looked. I looked at the. Uh, I had a slew of notes too, and I'm not going to go over them. But there's there's a lot of uh, missing players here due to suspension or Africa Cup of Nations and 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 just various tournaments. But it's hard not to see anything but a Milan victory here. And I say that from a pure metrics perspective, with Roma failing to score in four out of the last five matches, Milan with a 60% clean sheet sheet rate. I just have a hard time seeing goal production from Roma uh, in this big match. Yeah, I must admit, I like both teams to score in knowing this one. So, cards for Steve, we're thinking sort of Milan on the money line. Danielle, have you got any sort of lean in this one before we wrap it up? I like the both to score. Both defences don't quite convince me. I want to see Theo Hernandez playing a centre-back against an alleged top opposition. Roma have only kept one clean sheet in 12 away games. It was the derby. So, I think both to score. Mourinho should throw a caution out of the window at some point. There's a a head-to-head here, Dan, by the way, before we move on. Ten of the last 11 meetings have been both teams score, yes. And I'm not one for head-to-heads, but this might be more significant because of the rivalry. So that's interesting. That really caught my eye, that. I quite like that BTTS, yeah. Uh, Just a reminder of the plays in terms of the prices. I'm going to ask Steve who's going to win the challenge. Danielli's got the two-unit play at plus 112, then a minus 109 second play. The same game parlay at plus 114. The dog at plus 195. RJ's got a two-unit play at minus 108. The dog at plus 205. The SGP minus 113. Sound like Jack Wright with all these numbers. And uh, minus 110 for the second unit. Uh, Steve, who's going to win the challenge? Well, for the first time, I'm forced into predicting Danielli because obviously RJ is against my own two unit. Yeah, <laughs> yes, so, yeah. Uh, 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 you know, that makes it easy. That makes it easy for you. Yep. <laughs> I feel good about that. Yeah, I, I will say that um, that pick against Union Berlin on Freiburg, um, I do like that. I think that's uh, that could really be a big hitter now that the hot dog's going to count on the profit. Yeah, we've got four four picks that that count for uh, for the challenge this week. Steve, Danielle, RJ, thanks for your company. Uh, good luck to all. We'll keep everyone updated across our Twitter feeds over the weekend. That is a wrap for Betting Weekly Extra Time European Show. I'll be back alongside Steve next week, as will one of Danielle or RJ, who will be up against Rory Barlow, the editor of Football Espana. And stay across all of the Bet Rivers content. Plenty of tennis, of course, with uh, Nigel at the moment when it comes to the Australian action. That is via app because we win from all of us. For now, though, it is goodbye. We'll see you next week.